السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته بسم الله والحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه ومن ولاه قال رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل الأقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم زدنا علما All praise and thanks is due to Allah Azza wa Jal Peace and salutations upon Muhammad ibn Abdullah Salawatullahi wa salamuhu alayhi Peace and salutations upon his family, upon his friends And upon all those who try to emulate him until the end of time My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam Welcome to our sixth lesson With regards to the fiqh of Ramadan, the fiqh of fasting And tonight bi ta'ala We will be looking at the chapter of voluntary fasts As-Siyam At-Tatawr And Also in this chapter The author deals with the ahadith With regards to The days that it is prohibited To fast on As for the days that it is prohibited That will be in next week's lesson Bi-Ithnillahi Ta'ala The first hadith Reads as follows عن أبي قتادة الأنصاري رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سئل عن سوم يوم عرفة قال يكفر السنة الماضية والباقية وسئل عن سيام يوم عاشورة قال يكفر السنة الماضية وسئل عن سوم يوم الاثنين قال ذاك يوم ولد ولدت فيه وبعثت فيه أو أنزل علي فيه رواه مسلم أبو قتادة الأنصاري May Allah be pleased with him He narrates that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم was asked about fasting on the day of Arafah And he the messenger of Allah he replied he said fasting on the day of Arafah is an expiation for the preceding year and the following year. He was asked also about fasting on the day of Ashura. He replied that fasting on the day of Ashura is an expiation for the preceding year. And the Messenger of Allah was asked about fasting on a Monday. And he, Muhammad, peace be upon him, he said, This is the day on which I was born. And the day on which I was sent, and the day on which I received revelation. This hadith is found in the Sahih of Imam Muslim. May Allah be pleased with him. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, what we derive from this hadith and the first point, it is that Mondays, to fast on a Monday, is the best day of the week that one can fast. Again, fasting on a Monday. And this is obviously with regards to Sunan fast, not fasting in the month of Ramadan. So fasting on a Monday, this is the best day of the week that one can fast. And this is the day where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he gives us three reasons. He says, number one, that this is the day on which I was born. Number two, he says that this is the day on which I was sent with a message of Islam. And the third point, he says that this was the day on which I received revelation. Usama ibn Zaid, he mentions to us in a hadith that he says that I said, O Messenger of Allah, Ya Rasulullah, sometimes you fast and you hardly ever break your fast, except two days which, if you are fasting, you include them in your fast, and if you are not fasting, then you fast them on your own. He said, which two days? I said that this is a Monday and Thursday. He said, those are two days in which deeds are shown to the Lord of the worlds, and I like my deeds to be shown to Him when I am fasting. This hadith is found in the Sunan of Imam An-Nasai, rahimallahu ta'ala. And this hadith, my beloved brothers, the Prophet, peace be upon him, 
what we learn from this hadith is that it is sunnah to fast on a Monday and we mentioned that the ulama said that the fast of the day of the Monday fasting on the Monday this is the best day of the week and then fasting on a Thursday as well because the Prophet ﷺ he says that these two days he gives reason again that these two days this is the days that our deeds are shown to Allah and the Prophet peace be upon him he says that I love that my deeds get shown to Allah whilst I am fasting my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam the author of the Sharh he brings a very important point as well and under this hadith he says that we find that certain people, or certain innovators, Ahlul Bid'ah, they use this hadith as proof that one can celebrate the birthday of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And this, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, <coughs> this is an incorrect interpretation of the hadith. The messenger, peace be upon him, nor his companions, nor the tabi'een, celebrated the Prophet wasallam's birthday. And we also find that the Prophet, peace be upon him, his companions, the tabi'een, none of them understood this hadith as proof that one is allowed to celebrate Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's birthday. The next point, if it was allowed, if it was allowed in Islam to celebrate Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam's birthday, then the companions and the tabi'een and the great imams of this ummah, they would have been the first to have celebrated it. The next point, that ibadah, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, worship. This is tawqifiyah. Meaning, that ibadah, it needs to be established in the Quran and in the sunnah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam for us to practice on it. And yes, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he fasted on a Monday. So we will fast on a Monday as well. The next point. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he gives three reasons. He gives three reasons why he fasted on a Monday. So it is incorrect just to Take this hadith and say, no, that we are going to celebrate the birthday of Muhammad, peace be upon him. We are going to make maulud because he fasted on a Monday. So we are going to celebrate. This doesn't make sense. Because the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says, I fasted on a Monday because I was born on this day. Okay? Then he gives another reason. That I fasted on a Monday because this was the day that I was sent with the message of Islam. Thirdly, he says that I fasted on a Monday because this was the day in which I received revelation. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is a very vast topic. We're not going to go into much detail. But know that celebrating the Prophet, peace be upon him's birthday, celebrate whether you call it Mawlud, whether you call it Milad, then know that this is a bid'ah and all innovations leads to the fire of Jahannam and Allah knows best. This hadith also mentions fasting on the day of Arafah. And fasting on the day of Arafah or the day of Arafah, this is a confirmed sunnah for those who are not performing hajj. So those people that are not on Arafah, they are not performing hajj, they will fast on the day of Arafah as this is a great sunnah. As we mentioned, Abu Qatada, he mentioned that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he said, that fasting on the day of Arafah, it expiates one's sins for the past year and the coming year. 
And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, a question that always comes up, is all sins included in this or only minor sins? So the ulama, they've explained, you get major sin and you get minor sins. Major sins, for example, zina wa na'udhu billah, the drinking of alcohol, the involvement in riba, in interest, etc., etc. And you get minor sin as well. Majority of the ulama, majority of the scholars, they have explained that this includes it is only for minor sins as major sin it needs tawbah again let me repeat this majority of the ulama they say that what is expiated in these or what is meant by these ahadith that it is your minor sins only and how do they come to this they base this on the following hadith. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said that from one Jum'ah to the next Jum'ah and from one Ramadan to the next Ramadan it is an expiation for what comes between them so long as one avoids major sins. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, I would like to add something. We have major sins and we have minor sins. But remember that a sin is a sin. As the poet, he says, لا تحكرن صغيرة إن الجبال من الحصى That do not think of your sin as small. For verily the mountains is made up of pebbles. Meaning that yes, we see a huge rock, we see a huge mountain. But what has made up that mountain? The small pebbles. So like that, a minus sin today, a minus sin here, a minus sin there, minus sins tomorrow, it piles up and it becomes major. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this. The hadith also mentions Fasting on the day of Ashura. Abdullah ibn Abbas, may Allah be pleased with him. He said, when the messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, fasted on the day of Ashura and told the people to fast, they said, O messenger of Allah, this is the day that is venerated by the Jews and the Christians. The messenger of Allah said, next year, if Allah wills, we will fast on the ninth. So we know that the 10th of Muharram, this is the day of Ashura. We know when the Prophet, peace be upon him, when he entered Medina, he found that the Jews, that they were fasting on the 10th of Muharram. He asked him, why are you fasting? They explained that this was the day that Nabi Musa, he was saved from Fir'aun. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he said, نَحْنُ أَحَقُّ Musa. He says that we have more right. We as the Muslim Ummah, we have more right over Nabi Musa. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says, and he always orders us to be different from the people of the book, to be different from the Jews, to be different from the Christians. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says that if I will to be here next year, I will fast on the ninth day as well. But by the time the following year came, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he passed away. And this hadith is narrated in Sahih Muslim. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, you might be wondering, what is the reasons or, it's rather rephrase it, many of the ulama, they say that fasting, sunan fast, is one of the greatest acts of ibadah. And one of the main reasons that the scholars that they give and they share with us, they say that fasting, this is such a great act of ibadah, that this is between the slave and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Let us look through an example and it might be a bit clearer. 
When we make salah, alhamdulillah, you make nafil salah. You make the sunan salah. Maybe you make it in the masjid. You make it at home. People are seen. People, they can see that you are making salah. People can see that you go on umrah. People might see that you recite Quran. Whereas fasting, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this is between the slave and Allah Azza wa Jal. And this is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the hadith Qudsi, he mentions that fasting is for me and I will reward the fasting person, subhanallah. Fasting is also that action that there is no riyah in fasting. No one knows that I am fasting on a Monday. No one knows that I am fasting on a Thursday. No one knows that I am fasting three days in the month or ayyam ubid. No one knows that I am fasting a sunan fast. And this is why this fast is so special. The next hadith. The next hadith deals with fasting the six days of shawwal. An Abi Ayyub al-Ansari radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulallahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal man saama ramadana thumma atba'ahu sittan min shawwal kana kasiyam al-dahr rawahu muslim Abu Ayyub al-Ansari may Allah be pleased with him he said that the messenger of Allah peace be upon him said Whoever fasts during the month of Ramadan and then follows it with six days of Shawwal will be rewarded as if he had fasted the entire year. Narrated by Imam Muslim. So whoever fasts during the month of Ramadan and then he follows it up with the six days of Shawwal, he will be rewarded as if he fasted the entire year. This hadith, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith proves that it is sunnah to fast the six days of shawwal. The fasting of the six days of shawwal and the fasting of the month of Ramadan, it equals fasting for a complete year. It was narrated from Thawban radiyallahu an, the freed slave of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam that the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, said, whoever fasts six days after the fitr, meaning Eid al-Fitr, whoever fasts after Eid, meaning in the month of Shawwal, will have completed the year, for whoever does a good deed will have the reward of ten like it. This hadith is found in Ibn Majah and Nasa'i. So for every day, the reward is 10. 10 times 6 is 60. And you fasted the month of Ramadan, comes to a whole year and Allah knows best. A mas'ala, contemporary mas'ala that comes up quite regularly. The six days of Shawwal. Do I have to fast this consecutively? Do I have to fast the six days in a row? So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, until my six days are finished. And the ulama, they've explained, they said that it is not necessary, it is not a condition that they should be fasted consecutively. I want to fast Monday and Tuesday, or Monday and Thursday, then next week again, Monday and Thursday, the following week, Monday and Thursday, this is fine. I want to fast one day, skip a day, this is fine. However, many of the ulama, they've explained, that the sooner that one fasts the six days of shawwal, the better. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He mentions in the Quran, He says, فَاسْتَبِقُوا khayrat, Hasten to good. And of hastening to good is that one is going to fast the six days of shawwal. So fast the six days of shawwal, if you can, as soon as possible. So Eid is on the first day of shawwal, and if you are physically strong and you are capable of doing it, start on the second and complete the days as soon as possible. 
another mas'ala that always comes up. The month of Ramadan came, I was ill for about two or three days. Or, our beloved sisters, they couldn't fast for a week, they couldn't fast for a few days, they had their hate. I was traveling for a week. Can I fast the six days of Shawwal? Or do I have to make first pay my qada? So what is the mas'ala? I have qada. I have days that I need to pay in. Must I first pay in my days? Or can I fast the six days of Shawwal and then pay later? This is a mas'ala of ikhtilaf. However, what seems to be the rajih opinion, the preponderant view is that one needs to first make up the qada. One needs to first make up the qada and then fast the six days of shawwal. Because the hadith says that whomsoever fasts Ramadan, he fasts Ramadan, thumma, meaning that he fasts, he completes the month of Ramadan, thumma, then after that he will fast the six days of shawwal. And like I mentioned, this is a mas'ala of ikhtilaf. Sheikh Ibn Uthaymin, rahimallahu ta'ala, he was asked, what if a female owes days from Ramadan? Is it permissible for her to give precedence to fasting the six days of Shawwal over making up the days that she owes? Or should she give priority to the days that she owes over fasting the six days of Shawwal? The Shaykh rahimallahu ta'ala, he replies and he said, If a female still owes days from Ramadan, then she should not fast the six days of Shawwal until after she has made up that which she owes. He says, because Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, whoever fasts Ramadan, man sama Ramadan, thumma atba'ahu, and then he follows it up with the six days of Shawwal. Right? This is what the hadith says. That whosoever fasts Ramadan and then follows it up with the six days of Shawwal. Then the Sheikh says, whoever still has days to make up from Ramadan has not fasted Ramadan. So she will not attain the reward for fasting the six days of Shawwal until after she has finished making up her days that she owes. The Sheikh then carries on and he explains, if we assume that this making up misfast lasts throughout Ramadan, such as a woman who was bleeding following childbirth and did not fast at all in Ramadan, so the woman she had nifas, she never fasted a single day in the month of Ramadan for this year. Then she started to make up her fasts in Shawwal. And she was unable to complete this until the Qa'da began. Then she may fast the six days and she will have the reward of one who has fasted them in Shawwal because she delayed this for a necessary reason. So she will have the reward for that. So here we learn, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, and this was the opinion of Sheikh As-Sa'adi rahimallahu ta'ala as well, that if there is a valid reason that they could not fast during the month of Shawwal, and comes Dhul Qa'da, and then you want to make it up, you want to fast the six days, Allah bi'idhnillahi, with the will and the grace of Allah, knowing that Allah's rahmah is wide and it is broad, that Allah will reward you for this. Having said that, if there is no valid reason for you not to fast in shawwal, there will be no qada for you. You cannot come into the next month and then want to fast. Six days of shawwal, but it is dhul qa'da or dhul hijjah, Etc. Etc. No. So I hope this mas'ala is clear.
clear. The next hadith, the virtue of fasting whilst in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The virtue of fasting whilst one is in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. An Abi Sa'id al-Khudri radiyallahu anhu qala, qala Rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ma min abdin yasumu yawman fi sabilillah illa ba'adallahu bithalika al-yawm an wajhihi al-nar sab'ina Abu Sa'id al-Khudri, may Allah be pleased with him, he mentioned that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, No servant of Allah, no slave of Allah azza wa jal, fasts on a day merely for the sake of Allah. He's fasting, it is only for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He is not fasting because people asked him to fast. He is not fasting to show off. He's only fasting for the sake of Allah. Except that Allah Azza wa Jal, He pushes the hell fire, He pushes the fire of Jahannam, 70 years further away from His face, due to fasting on this day. So He's out in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal, and He's fasting. The next mas'ala, that comes up or that we derive from this hadith. What is meant by fi sabilillah? What is meant in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Point number one. They say that fi sabilillah, it means jihad. Fighting in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this was the view of Ibn al-Jawzi rahimallahu ta'ala. And his reasoning, he says that if one opens the book of Allah azza wa jal, we will see that the verses that mentions fi sabilillah in the path of Allah, they are all referring to jihad. The second point, or the second view, it means any obedience to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether it is jihad, or other than jihad. So for example, someone, he traveled, he left his home to study in the path of Allah Azza wa Jal. So maybe he was a student in Egypt, maybe he was a student in Medina, a student in Syria, wherever it might be. And he fasts on a Monday and a Thursday, he fasts three days of the month. So what happens? The second opinion says, that he is in the obedience of Allah and he falls under fi sabilillah. This was the opinion of Imam Al-Qurtubi rahimallahu ta'ala. Sheikh bin Baz rahimallahu ta'ala, he says that this opinion meaning, the second opinion that I mentioned, this is the strongest opinion and Allah knows best. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith is a hadith of encouragement. This hadith is a hadith that should make us all want to fast. Either on a Monday, either on a Thursday. Three days of the month. And like we mentioned before, and for those that have been following, I may be sent a separate clip last week and Friday on the topic of the month of Sha'ban. And it is encouraged, as we will see a bit later, it is encouraged to fast a lot or to fast many days in the month of Sha'ban. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith, it proves that Allah Azza wa Jal will push away the hellfire 70 years further away from his face, from the face of the servant. And my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, subhanAllah, if, as the Shurah, they mention, that if your face is mentioned, then obviously this means your whole body as well, and your whole body is included. And this also reminds me of a verse of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, where he speaks 
about and he says فَمَنْ زُحْسِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدَخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ فَقَدَ فَازِ That whosoever is taken far away from the fire of Jahannam. And one way that we can see that we learn tonight that will take us far away from the fire of Jahannam is to fast the Sunan fast and Allah Azza wa Jal knows best. The next hadith, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it deals with guidance from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam with regards to voluntary fasts. How Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would fast and how he would not fast. An Aisha radiyallahu anha qalat, kana rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam يصوم حتى نقول لا يفطر ويفطر حتى نقول لا يصوم وما رأيت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم استكمل صيام شهر قط إلا رمضان وما رأيته في شهر أكثر منه صياما في شعبان متفق عليه Aisha radiyallahu anha, our mother, the, one of the mothers of the believers, the youngest wife of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the daughter of Abu Bakr radiyallahu anha. She mentions that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam used to fast until one would say he never breaks his fast. Meaning he never stops fasting. He is always fasting. And he would abandon fasting at other times until one would say that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he never fasts. And she says that I have never or I never saw Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fast for a complete month except for the month of Ramadan. And she says, and I never saw him fast in a month more than he did in the month of Sha'ban. And this hadith is muttafaqun alayh. It is agreed upon and the wording that is mentioned here is the wording that comes from Imam Muslim. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith teaches us, it shows us that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he would fast a lot at times and at certain times he would not fast a lot some of the ulama they said and they've explained that the reason could be that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was extremely busy at times so he never fasted that much and the opposite when he was not that busy so for example, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, as I think we did last week or the week before, with regards to that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam on Fathul Makkah, or he was on other ghazawat, and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he drank, he broke his fast. Right? And Fathul Makkah, we know that that happened in the month of Ramadan. But there were other ghazawat as well where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam he did not fast. And the reason for this is maybe Muhammad, peace be upon him, and his companions, they were extremely busy. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam they needed energy. And at certain times, they were maybe not that busy. So this is why the hadith shows us, and this is why some of the companions have explained or some of the scholars, I should rather say, that certain times Muhammad, peace be upon him, he would fast and people would think that he never ever stopped fasting. Then there was times where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa did not fast and people would think, when is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa going to fast? My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith also teaches us that the month of Ramadan is the only month that we will fast completely. From day one until the end of the month. This we learn from Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And remember my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam. Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam was khatamun nabiyin. He was rahmatun lil alameen. 
He was the best of creation. He was a mercy unto mankind. He was the seal of all prophets. And Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he taught us that the only month that he fasted for a complete month is the month of Ramadan. So we cannot come years after and say, no, that I'm going to fast the whole of Rajab or I'm going to fast the whole of the Hijjah or I'm going to fast, can't fast the whole of the Hijjah as we will see next week, but I'm going to fast the whole of Sha'bat. Where Muhammad, peace be upon him, he teaches us that the month of Ramadan is the only month that he fasted the whole month. And of the best fast, if one wants to really fast a lot, then this is the fast of Dawood. Fast one day, skip one day. Fast one day, skip one day, and Allah knows best. This hadith also teaches us that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he fasted regularly during the month of Sha'ban. So now you might be wondering, what is the reason for fasting a lot during the month of Sha'ban? Usama ibn Zayd, may Allah be pleased with him. He mentioned, I said, O Messenger of Allah, I didn't see you fasting in any month as I saw you in Sha'ban. He, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, that's a month the people neglect. So first of all, what we learn from this hadith, that the month of Sha'ban is a month that people generally they neglect. And this is the month between Rajab and Ramadan. And he says that the month of Sha'ban, this is the month where our deeds are raised to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So I love to be fasting whilst my deeds are raised to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Some of the ulama, they've explained that why Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, why he also fasted during the month of Sha'ban, was to show the greatness of the next month. And this is Ramadan. And some of the ulama, they explain and they give the example like somebody is going to make two raka'at nafil salah or two raka'at sunan salah before the far salah. This is also to show and prepare himself for the greatness of the salah that is coming, that far salah, whether it is fajr, whether it is zuhr, asr, maghrib, isha, to show us the greatness of the following ibadah coming. Some of the scholars, they explain and they say, that this is a month to prepare oneself as well for Ramadan. So we prepare ourselves physically, we prepare ourselves spiritually. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, more on this topic of Sha'ban and the 15th of Sha'ban, where the Prophet peace be upon him says that do not fast after the 15th of Sha'ban, this will be discussed either next week or the lesson after that, as the hadith will still come. The next hadith, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it deals with fasting three days of every month. An Abi Dhar, radiyallahu anhu, qala, amarana rasulullahi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, an nasuma min shahri ثلاثة أيام ثلاثة عشرة وأربع عشرة وخمس عشرة رواء النساء والترمذي وصححه ابن حبان أبو ذر may Allah be pleased with him he mentioned that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam commanded us أمرana رسول الله that the Prophet peace be upon him he commanded us to fast for three days of every month. That is on the days of the full moon. Ayyamul Bid. The 13th, the 14th, and the 15th of the lunar month. This hadith is related to us by Imam An-Nasai, Imam At-Tirmidhi, and it is rendered authentic by Ibn Hibban. May Allah be pleased with all of them. 
My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this hadith proves that fasting on the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th of every lunar month, that it is virtuous. It is a great sunnah to fast on the 13th and the 14th and the 15th of every lunar month. And these are the days known as Ayyamul Biyu. These are the days known as Ayyamul Bid, and this is the days where the moon is full. Now my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, there are other ahadith that mentions where Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where he orders, where he commands, or he advises his companions, to fast three days of every month. And in those ahadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he does not specify the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th. He just says to fast for any three days in the month. Shaykh Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin, may Allah be pleased with him, was asked. It was narrated in the hadith that Muhammad, peace be upon him, advised. Abu Huraira radiyallahu an to fast three days of each month. When should these fasts be observed and should they be one after the other? Let me repeat this mas'ala. So the question that he asked the sheikh that there is a narration of Abu Huraira radiyallahu an where Abu Huraira radiyallahu an, he says that he uses the word khalili, that he says that my beloved friend, my honorable friend, Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam advised me. And subhanallah, this shows the relationship that Muhammad, peace be upon him, that he had with his companions. This also shows the love that Abu Huraira radiyallahu an that he had for Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this is such that Abu Huraira, he narrated, memorized the most hadith from all the companions. And Abu Huraira, he said that there was only one companion that gathered more hadith than me. And that was Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As. Because Abdullah ibn Amr ibn As, as Abu Huraira mentions, he said, يكتب, He said that he would write, and I did not write. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, Abu Huraira, he mentions that the Prophet, peace be upon him, advised him to fast three days of every month. The questioner asked Sheikh Uthaymin, when should these fasts be observed, and should they be one after the other? The Shaykh rahimahullahu ta'ala, he replies and he says, It is permissible to fast these days, one after the other, or separately. So you can fast day one, day two, day three, day seven, day eight, day nine, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. Or you can separate it, Monday, Thursday, and a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and the following week. There's no problem. You can fast a day at the beginning of the month. You can fast a day in the middle of the month. You can fast a day at the end of the month. The Sheikh carries on and he says, The matter is broad in scope. Praise be to Allah Azza wa Jal. Because Muhammad, peace be upon him, did not state any specific days. Aisha radiallahu anha was asked, Did the Messenger of Allah fast three days of each month? She said, yes. It was asked, in which part of the month did he fast? She said, he would not bother in which part of the month he would fast. Narrated by Imam Muslim. The Sheikh then carries on and he says, but the 13th, the 14th and the 15th are better because these are al-ayyam al-bid. These are the white days. So to fast, it is good 
fast any of the three days. But if you make your fast coincide with the 13th, 14th and the 15th of every month, then this is better. This is afdal. And Allah knows best. The next hadith, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the next hadith deals with that a spouse, the wife, that she needs the permission of a husband, of her husband to get or to fast a sunnah fast. The hadith reads as follows. An Abi Hurairah radiyallahu anhu anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallama qal la yahillu lil mar'ati an tasuma wa zawjuha shahidun illa bi'idhnihi muttafakun alayhi. وَزَادَ أَبُوْ دَاوُودْ غَيْرَ رَمَضَانِ Abu Hurairah radiyallahu an He narrated that Muhammad peace be upon him said a woman is not to fast for one day whilst a husband is present except with his permission. This hadith is muttafakun alayhi it is agreed upon. In the narration that one finds in Abu Dawood he brings the word in and he says غَيْرَ رَمَضَانِ Except Ramadan. As the fasting of Ramadan, my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, the fasting of Ramadan, this is wajib. And no person can tell you that you cannot fulfill your wajib. لا طاعة المخلوق إلى معصية الخالق As Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he also mentions to us that there is no obedience in the creation where it is disobedience to the Creator. And this hadith, my beloved brothers, it is a powerful hadith as well. That sometimes we find that parents, sometimes we find that elders in the community, they will make a person stop something which is wajib. And this is totally unacceptable. لا طاعة المخلوق إلى معصية الخالق أو كما قال عليه الصلاة والسلام And getting back to our hadith This hadith it proves that a married woman must ask her husband's permission to fast a voluntary fast So you might be wondering but why? Why would the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say this? And the reason for this my beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, it is that it is wajib, it is compulsory, and this is what the ulama have explained, that it is compulsory for the wife to fulfill the needs of a husband. And here specifically to speaking about the needs which takes place in the bedroom, and Allah knows best. If she is fasting, then obviously she will not be able to do this. And what also we learn from this, that a wajib, it takes preference over a sunnah. A wajib, it takes preference over a sunnah. And this is why the Prophet, peace be upon him, he says that the female will ask her husband's permission to fast either on a Monday, to fast on a Thursday, to fast three days of the month. And the husband... He will approve or he won't approve. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, must the husband actually say, yes, you are allowed to fast? Or does a tacit approval mean that it is okay? Or does one's custom, so for example, she asks, can I fast tomorrow? And he puts up two thumbs, for example. Or... He nods his head and the answer is yes. That you can look at the custom of your people as well. So he doesn't specifically have to say, yes, you can fast tomorrow. So for example, he can nod his head. For example, he can put his two thumbs up in approval. And whatever other means to say yes or to say no. The next mas'ala that the ulama bring that comes up in or under this hadith what if the husband is not present for example he had to go on a business trip 
So he is not in Cape Town, for example, for four days. And she wants to fast on a Monday and a Thursday. So in this instance, the ulama, the scholars, they have explained that she does not need the husband's permission because he is not present. And the illa of this hadith was what? That she is going to ask him his permission because he might need her to fulfill one of his needs. So if he's not there, she cannot fulfill the need. There's no need to be fulfilled from the husband's part. So there's no need for her to ask the husband. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. My beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, this brings us to the end of the ahadith with regards to fasting voluntarily. Next week, inshallah, bi'idhnillahi ta'ala, we will be looking at the ahadith that speaks about the days that it is prohibited to fast. So for example, the day of Eid. Can I fast on the day of Eid? Can I fast alone on a Saturday? Can I fast alone on a Jum'ah? So all these ahadith will be brought in next week and we will discuss this bi'idhnillahi ta'ala. And the last point before we end off, increase in adhkar, increase in dua, increase in the recitation of the Qur'an. And if you are able to fast, then fast during these days of Sha'ban as we really, really need the help and the grace from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala through His divine names and attributes that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sends down a cure for this ummah and for the entire world that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he forgives our shortcomings he forgives our sins subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik ashadu an la ilaha illa astaghfiruka wa atubu ilayk assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh